you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. We hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior. With me, Kevin Milwaukee. He's going out for steak tonight. He just mentioned that. Kevin, what's going on, brother? <laughs> well, you know, blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. Serving the Lord full time, you just sometimes get an get an invitation that's over your head. I know, and uh, trying to help some people, and they're they're wanting to get together and have some some steak and so twist my arm it'll be uh it'll the 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 challenge is going to be not focusing on the steak at this particular venue but focusing on the need of the people but no god's god's always good i'm i'm just thrilled to to be used yeah it's a it's a wonderful thing when folks call and say hey can we take you out and uh, we love that you know us personally not talking about kevin but us debbie and i is what i'm saying we really don't like going to people's houses to eat uh, unless you really know somebody, a lot of people just, that it's just not the same cleaning standard as Debbie and I, and we get kind of freaked out. And then you're trying to find a way to dump your food into the trash can while they're not looking, feed the dog under the table. So it's a, <laughs> we've done those things. I just want to share that with you. And, uh, I have actually found a trash can in a house and dumped Debbie in my plate while we're sitting there wiping off our lips, man. And, yeah. I mean, yeah. So when somebody calls it, they're taking you to a good steakhouse. That's rejoicing time for those of us in the ministry. Anyway, uh, as we move along with Bible trivia questions, we got Kevin yesterday. It was a hard one. It was a hard one. <laughs> and uh, so we're still on Noah's Ark with this question. This is our last Noah's Ark question of the week anyway. What are the names of the birds Noah sent out of the ark to check if the water had dried up? Doves and ravens. It's, you know what I mean. I'm talking 50%. He just reclaimed. Now, let me see. Which one was the? No, wrong one. It's this one. Yeah, there we go. Now there's clapping going on. We just wanted to hit that for you, Kevin, and, and just let you know how proud of you we are. We want to talk. Now, these, <laughs> are, these are hard subjects, and, and Kevin and I were just speaking about that. We just like to address things that folks are going through, and sometimes these subjects are real hard, as with today. And uh, today we're going to talk about dealing with physical abuse in a macro sense, not talking about any particular type of physical abuse. So we're going to go there tomorrow and the day after. And, you know, physical abuse is never acceptable to law and order, first of all. In Romans 13, we're taught that we have a direct responsibility to call people, dial 911, get help, make sure no one else is being hurt. Folks, if you're being hurt, if anything's going on, I'll tell you, number one, dial 911 as soon as humanly possible. Don't be part of the uh, anybody hurting you or hurting someone else. Might hurt somebody, dial 911. The authorities are, they know how to deal with this. They're trained to deal with it. Uh, number two, you get out of that situation and don't go back. And uh, the, the, the Bible uh, teaches us a lot of things. Psalm 11, 5. Uh, the Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked in him that loveth violence, his soul hateth. And then more important than that, I think, is, uh, you know, some of these verses we covered yesterday, I just brought back up again, but charity suffereth long, love never hurts, love's kind, 
Love's not envious. It vaunteth not. It's not arrogant. It's not narcissistic. It doesn't hurt people. So I guess what I'm telling you, folks, and, and listen, there is nobody on this radio show right now that's judging you. People get hurt. We've been hurt. What we're doing is saying to you in, a, in the least offensive way possible, get help. Don't accept it. Mm-hmm. Don't be part of it. God doesn't accept it. And, uh, and when you get help, uh, get yourself in a safe place. God is safe. What are we thinking, Kevin? Yeah, same thing. If someone is being injured physically, and then, you know, it's a different subject altogether, emotional abuse and narcissism, but physically, then, um, <clears throat> yeah, you need to get you need to get someone on your side. You know, the word is advocacy. The, the, that's a biblical word. Jesus Christ is our advocate. And I was just reading about a woman whom Jesus healed of a of an infirmity she had 18 years. And he said, ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound low these 18 years, be loose from that bond on the Sabbath day? So his attitude was, hey, I, I'm her advocate. I'm here. Satan's been messing with her. She's been physically just bound up. You know, it's just kind of like putting her in a cage and, um, you know, and then, then, you know, sticking, throwing darts into the cage while she's there. It's just a, it's the existence of someone, you know, you, you, you live with someone who, who treats you like gold. And then every once in a while says, uh, Oh, by the way, you know, I've, I'm, I've been feeding you steak through the bars of the cage. Now I'm going to throw darts at you. Oh, and then later on, I'm so sorry I was throwing darts. Uh, that's that's not God's will. It's not God's way. It is God's way to be loosed from that. And, it, you know, so number one, talk to Jesus and say, who can I go to for advocacy? Who can I talk to? And there are battered women's places. I know we had to put one of my daughters years ago in a shelter and the greatest thing, I mean, we were just, we would weep together because of the weird situation and being, you know, followed by an airplane that was tracking us and so forth. And, and it was just weird as can be, but this, uh, the, the, the intimidation and the physical threats and the, the impending violence that she had to put up with, it was so much assuaged when she got advocacy in this shelter where there were women saying, we know what you're going through. We are a group of women. Some of us have been through it. We're all on your side and we're going to watch out for you. And you're in this place locked down safe. And I, as the dad felt tremendous peace about that situation. And, um, Hey, that's, that's what people need. And if you're going through an abusive situation. Stop telling yourself, oh, good, I've got peace again. And the peace equates to he's just stopped for a while. That's not life. Life is when you get advocacy and are delivered from that situation. And if he gets right with God, wonderful. That's the goal. But you know what? The goal is to get you in a situation where you are safe. Yeah. As we started, we said 911. Get right with God, be in a safe place. And uh, that's where God wants you. And that's where we want you. And we continue to move along on the life of Christ and just see the love that he emanates and the safety that he emanates and the things he does for us. And we find ourselves, we're still in the book of John chapter 10. We're covering verses 30 through 39 today. I and my father are one. That's quite a statement to make to these Pharisees who are freaking out. (laughs) Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. 
Jesus answered them, many good works have I showed you from my father. For which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered him saying, for a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy. And because that thou being a man makest thyself God, Jesus answered them, it is written in your law. I said, ye are gods? Um, Think about that, folks. Jesus answered them, it is not written in your law. I said, ye are gods. If called them gods, unto whom the word of God came in Scripture cannot be broken. Say ye of him, whom the Father have sanctified and sent the word, thou blasphemest, because I said, I am the Son of God. If I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do, thou ye believe me not. Believe the works that ye may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. Therefore, they sought again to take him, and he escapeth out of their hand. So much going on here. He, he starts right off, and he, he claims again, I and the Father are one. And uh, he's, he's telling them what his divinity is, and then he's, he's talking about it using Scripture and, and things of that nature, and he's saying, hey, listen, I'm sorry, my phone beeps if you're on my friend list. <laughs> And, and, I'm, and I'm talking, sorry about that. Uh, but he's saying, listen, this is who I am. And then uh, Jesus answers him, many good works have I showed you, the Father. Which of those works ye do stone me? And he's challenging them saying, you know, how about the blind guy? How about these other things I've did? How about these things? Uh, which of these things? And, and the Jews turn around and they clarify and say, we're stoning you because you're, bla- you're blaspheming. And he's saying, you know, I'm helping these people. There's a miracle going on. The Bible says I'm coming. It says I'm going to do these things. And, and, um, and, and so they go on and he goes on and he says, if I do the works of my father, you don't believe me either. So I'm doing the works of my father, and you don't believe me. And, and then they sought him again to get him. And there's so many lessons here. You know, right away, God's claiming his godly held unity. He's pulling right out. He's claiming it. He says, listen, this is what I have. And it's, it's, it's foundation to Christian theology, folks. And uh, God, God and the Father, the Father and the Son are one. And he's defending his divinity. He's doing those things. And over and over again, you can try to tickle the intellectual ears, but some people are shut down to God. It takes heart, too. It it just don't take brain. But when we accept the Lord, when we see what he does, we the eyes to our heart show us that. Hang with us for a second. We'll be right back. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. So here again, Jesus claims his unity with the Father, and he he tells them, I and the Father are one. We're one. I do the things you want me to do. You've seen me do uh, the miracles, those things, but you don't believe me. You know, they're just upset, folks. And if you listen to this, because he's claiming to be God. And, and God shakes things up. When God shows up, things get better. When God shows up, life's changed. And the Pharisees had too much of that. Hey, hang with us. We'll be right back.
will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. Hey, thanks for hanging with us. And uh, as we move forward, I, I just want to talk for a second again. And I know we talk a lot about this, but it's the difference between, you know, like faith and intellectual belief. So uh, just before I pass this to Kevin, so our intellect refers to our capacity of thinking, right? When, when I use the word, you know, this guy has a great intellect. And I've said before that Kevin's a renaissance man. He's an intellectual type of guy. So when we talk about intellect, we talk about what the capacity for our mind to handle is. But when we talk about faith, uh, in, in many cases, we're looking at faith through our heart. So it's, it's subjective, it's personal, it's God doing a work in our life. It's the Holy Spirit prompting us to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. After we do that, it's the Holy Spirit of God doing a work in our life and illuminating his words and making a difference in our life. But if we don't have faith, if we've never given our hearts, if we've never prayed, if we've never tried to get beyond some intellectual reasoning type of thing folks we're never going to know the true and living god what are you thinking kevin yeah yeah just on that whole intellectual thing jesus handled <laughs> he ably handled this uh jewish crowd and and like we've said over and over it was a narcissistic bent on the leadership that that caused them to turn on jesus christ and ultimately kill him they they gaslighted him they um in our in our chapter that we did uh, we did like six weeks on narcissism yeah. months ago and we talked about dog whistling dog whistling is where if you want to get at someone close to you, you talk to others around them in a way that puts them down subtly so that, so that the other people don't know that you are disparaging this person close to you. So it's not gaslighting. It's called dog whistling because only the person who you're hurting can hear it. The rest of people are taking it as flattery. So I'm talking good about other people around me. And that's what these kind of, uh, this, this, this crowd was just a classic narcissist. But I think it's great that Jesus handled this so well because they're like, well, you're just, you're okay. So, so, all right, people like you and no, no one talks like you and you hear all these people. Well, guess what? You, you just now told us that you, you're one with your father. So that makes you as a blasphemer because you're insinuating that you're God. And so he went right back and he didn't play right into their hands. He said, well, look, it's written verse 34 in your own law. By the way, that's the word of God that, uh, I said, ye are gods. It's referring back, um, to a verse, I believe it's in the Psalms, where it says, said I not a year gods and you shall perish with the rest or something like that. But regardless, he was pointing out that that the word of God that they were claiming for superiority and for a reason to, to reject Christ actually used the term gods to, uh, on an earthly level to refer to people of high stature. And he was saying, no, wait a minute. You call me rabbi, you call me a great teacher, and so are you going to stone me 
when I'm not coming out and saying that I am literally God, by the way, he was literally God and he was telling those that had a heart to it that he was every bit God, as it says in John one, uh, one, the word was God. But, but anyway, the point is, I just see a great, it's like someone that, that is dealing with a detractor and the detractor is making a statement and saying something like, um, I don't like you because of this. And then you in response say, okay, the cause of your rejection of me is, is not, is not um, being consistently applied by you to other things. And so he's pointing out, and there's a word for it in the logical community. I don't know the word, but he's pointing out inconsistency of their rejection or their cause of rejection and just done so well. No one did it like Jesus. And uh, he said, so are you saying that uh, of him whom the father has sanctified, and sent into the world. See, they acknowledge the Father, but not the Son. That thou blasphemy is because I said I am the Son of God. You're not being consistent. And by the way, I think we ought to be able to handle any cultist, any detractor, with at least the same reasoning that Jesus used. When Find out the root cause of the problem they have with God or with you, and then make sure they understand that you are willing to own up to anything that's reasonable, but they're not being reasonable. And uh, it's amazing how you can help some people that way. But yeah, Doug, I think that Jesus um, in his uh, abilities here just shines out and uh, I love him. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we were both thinking the same way uh, coming out of your comments and how we deal with these things. And you know, what's the lesson from today? And the lesson is that people are going to deny our belief in God. People are going to deny our belief in things. They'll say, well, I believe in God and I'm saved, but, you know, I don't know about you, but whenever I hear the word, but I'll tell you, that just flips a switch on in me and my Jesus freak monitor goes off and my tachometer goes all the way up and my barometer and my, what did I call it? The narcissism alert system goes off and <laughs> yeah. uh, the NAS goes off. and Yeah, and, NW as narcissism warnings. Uh, yeah, yeah, there we go. That's, that's even better, the narcissistic warning system or the narcissist warning system. It, it wasn't that long ago I was flying next to a guy for 15 and a half hours going for from LA uh, to Sydney, Australia, and uh, and I could tell right away that this guy he he said, you know, I believe in God, I believe in this, and I believe he believed in God the Father. I don't believe he had the saving love of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so, folks, we we got a couple opportunities now. In this case, I just I just went to the Word of God, something we covered uh, in these broadcasts not too long ago. But John one one, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And now, who's your Savior? Who are you relying on um, to get you to heaven? And and folks, you know that's a question that we've all had to deal with at some point in our lives. Now, I know Kevin and I can. Um, definitely answer that we're relying in the you know the life and death of jesus christ and uh his sacrifice and he alone you know uh is worthy of bringing us to heaven he's at the right hand of the father and things of that nature but when you pull out scripture and and you look at them and you say and the same was in the beginning with god all things were made by him and with, without him 
uh, was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And then the Bible, it, you know, in that same John 1, it goes on and saying, the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. And so I think we stop there and we think to ourselves, why do we have all the pushback in life? Why is everything uh, like it is? Why do these seemingly intellectual, intelligent people miss the point? It's because darkness comprehended not. It takes a moment where you've got to give God your heart and say, Lord, help me to see this. Uh, somewhere along the way, your heart needs to show up. Somewhere along the way, you have to allow God to just prompt you. And he's there. And he's not always there. You know, it tells us in Genesis that his spirit will not always strive with us. I don't know how many opportunities a person gets to get saved, but I'm thankful I got every one I did. And I believe three times people shared their faith with me before I finally got it right, before I finally laid it out. Folks, let's celebrate that today. We started off talking about dealing with physical abuse. If you're dealing with it, 911. Get to your safe spot. Trust God. He'll help you through that. Come back tomorrow. We're going to talk about something a little bit more intimate, a little harder to speak about, right? But we want to talk to you about that. Have a great day today. Listen, when you go out with that smile that only God can give you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.